I hope you enjoy this as much as I do. Are we ready? Welcome to We Talk Games, the arcade... Oh, we're not doing Arcade Weekly. Are we doing We Talk Games? Kyle's shaking his head, yes. Yes, that means we're still on the air. In 30 days, we'll be on our 14th year. I was thinking about calling it quits then, but then I heard that we have a very special guest today. Zatch is on the line. Other than calling me Josh, so I'll take it. Oh, I'm sorry, Zach. Zach Sharpie is on the line. Zach Sharpie. How's it going, guys? Actually, we've had your pop on here uh, twice. Roger Sharpie. So oh, that was, yeah. yeah I, I, out of all the guests, I think uh, your pop is probably my favorite person to get on the show. We've only ever had uh, two, I think, we, well, we had George Gomez on twice, but the second time we basically only talked about Zorro costumes. So <laughs> I'm not sure that counts. But when we had uh, Papa Sharp, I think one time we talked about the pinball, and then another time we talked about sort of licensing i think just got just talked about licensing but it's great because i you know you don't have to do any research on your pop because he's just involved with everything and you just oh, you, yeah. you know you open the line and, and away you go and the same thing happened here i didn't want to do too much research although i did watch a video from pinball with the pros now first before i get to that i gotta tell you that yesterday, yeah, it was yesterday, I got my shingles shot. So I'm a little ill today because you get, when you get the shingles uh, shot, then you, you hurt and then your head is like delirious. But we're going to push through. We're going to push through. We're going to get through this. And I think I do my best shows when I'm delirious anyway. But okay, I, you know, it's, it's kind of like a pinball machine in your head right now. That's absolutely correct. And that's the tie-in. But I, the problem is I never know if I did a good show until the playback. Now, Zach, you're in the mid-coast. Is that correct? Midwest. But, yeah, I mean, I guess if you're, if you're close to the lake, it almost feels like a coast. You, you're part of Stern. Is that correct? Yep. I, I, I work at Stern. I live in Chicago. <laughs> Been living here most of my life. Oh, right. That makes sense. That makes sense. So I watched Pinball with the Pros. I don't know how long ago that was, but uh, it was uh, Coast to Coast uh, Pinball. And I got to tell you, it was amazing. That show really is a great service. Big props out to Nate Shivers. Shivers? Nate Shivers. Shivers. Shivers, yeah. That's what I got right now. But we're going to push through. (laughs) We're going to push through. I was going to use my digital thermometer to just keep checking, but all I, I have my glass mercury. So here, let me talk around like that. I got to keep it under my tongue for like a, a minute and a half. So, and not bite. That's the, that's the thing. But that was a great program for anyone, anyone willing to listen or watch because when we first started talking about pinball on our We Talk Games program, there were a lot of people that just didn't know too much about it. Uh, you know, yeah. they, they liked playing it, but they didn't know, oh, there's something to do here? <laughs> so, yeah. I don't know. I mean, a lot of people don't know there's, you know, objectives versus just trying to keep a ball alive. Absolutely. And I'm not just talking about people that do both flippers at the same time. Although my wife is can beat me in a two-player game when she does that. But, uh, <laughs> but I mean, you know, it goes beyond that. It, it, even older titles. Oh, uh, we also had Steve Ritchie on, but we only had him on once. But I feel like it was twice. The king. Absolutely. The king of the fast lane. What is he called? The king of smooth? The king of flow. King of flow. That's it. That's it. Bravo. I'm a little delirious, but we're going to push through. Push through. He's still at Stern. Yep. Okay. And oh, yeah. he was involved with the newest Star Trek that you were doing on that show. Or did I get that wrong? Yeah. Yep. No, he's made Star Trek, Star Wars, ACDC, a lot of new uh, hit Stern games. Black Knight, Sword of Rage. Of course. I don't really know of too many... Well, I know sequels. I know, I know. There's a trilogy, actually. I guess with the roller coaster. Uh, I can't remember what the hell it's called, even. But he's known uh, for having the sequels. You know, like his. Uh, yeah, I mean, he did High Speed, High Speed Two, Getaway. Mm-hmm. Um, there's been three Black Knight. He's made two uh, Terminator pinball machines. So he definitely has dabbled into um, some titles or themes multiple times. 
but only one roller games and that really that's sad right there that's i know missed opportunity. That, that show needs to come back hit the ramp is yeah. that what they say i'm a little delirious but go, we're push go, go for the wall that's it over to, i actually have the flyers promotional flyers for that and i i have some uh, george gomez side art for transformers prototype ramps oh, nice. and drawings and things like that and that's one thing i wanted to ask you before we continue with things about you and strangely enough i'm not trying to put myself over so that's that's new but i wanted to know you know when i thought about the last time i was talking to george gomez i I blurted it out about 3D printers must make things easier. And then, I, then when he started talking about it, I was like, oh, yeah, you know, that's a really dumb thing to say. So I wanted to know, what does Steve Ritchie do? How does he go about testing shots and, and things like that? Or is he just strictly CAD or what happens? I don't know because every designer has their own personal preference. But by and large, I mean, there's always like a physical Whitewood development uh, cycle where you know the designers and the game team can actually physically flip and see how things are interacting and i mean it's one thing to see it in visual or cad format but pinball is a physical presence something on paper or electronically might seem great in theory but then when you translate it to the real thing it might not execute on that same vision that you had so there's a lot of physical testing to see if something's going to work or if it needs to be modified. Right on. I don't know why I just was thinking of that because I guess I, I, I can't even remember what George said that he did like putty or, or whittling or, or something like that. And I was like, oh yeah, that's, that's a whole lot faster than uh, yeah. <laughs> doing that. Now I watched you play the newest Star Trek. Now I don't know what, this Star Trek reboot is called. Now, th- this is like, just to bounce all over the place, this is the fourth Star Trek machine because you had the original in like 79. That was, that wasn't alphanumeric, I guess that was just uh, digital numbers. And then, then you had the anniversary edition where you could beam me up, Scotty. And then there was Next Gen, yep. Next Gen, and then, um, and then this one. Yeah, no, I would say that it is the fourth Star Trek demo machine. And the problem, I don't remember if it's called a reboot or reimagining or whatever, but the problem that I had with watching the Pinball with the Pros was that I've only watched those movies in 3D on my 3D television. So I was like a little lost I, when, I, when I went to do that's it. That didn't go anywhere. Why did I think that was going to work? <laughs> but, um, but when I saw you catch, catch and control the four multiballs on one flipper, I thought that is unreal. You know, your catch and your cradle is just amazing. But I did notice one thing. You don't do the ballet. You don't do the leg kicks and stuff. Yeah, the Roger Sharp ballet. Uh, You know what? Everyone has their own style of play. I think uh, my brother Josh got the ballet from my my dad with his uh, body movement and kicking. And I'm much more stoic and uh, calm, cool, and collected. How about the mustache? I've got a beard, so that's yeah. about as close as you'll see me as having a mustache. Yeah. All right, but, well, someone's got to carry on the legacy of that mustache. <laughs> you know what? I'll, I'll nominate my brother. <laughs> okay. Now, the Star Trek was in your own room. I don't yep, want to say I actually, I won it at a pinball tournament. Okay. The grand prize was a brand-new pinball machine, and this was, you know, several years back. I think this was back in 2013, I want to say. And got a brand new uh, Star Trek. Now, you're one of the top ranked players. And I'm sure you get, I don't want to, you know, ask the same old things. I'm trying to get at something else here, but you're one of the top ranked players, I guess, in the world, right? Yeah. Right now, my rank is pretty low because, um, well, there's not really tournaments going on right now in the oh, current right. state of things. True. But um, no, my wife and I, we had our first child two years ago. So, not to say it's the curse of the newborn, but I just haven't been able to travel and compete as much. So as I like to say, I love my child more than I love my rank. <laughs> so I'm, uh, I think I'm still in the top 50 in the world, but oh, yeah, back cool. when I was playing, I finished the year ranked number one, a few times, Whoa. which only a few, which only a few people can claim to do. So. Well, so you beat that deaf, dumb and blind kid, I guess.
did. That was uh, from the producer. He told me to do that joke, and he said it would flop. Now, the reason I ask this is because are all high scores tallied at the tournaments, or can you just send in a VHS with jump cuts and, like, uh, the wrong ROM boot-up screen, and then you put that in a SAS and mail it into Twin Galaxies, or how, how does that work? There is no Billy Mitchell con- uh, controversy in the pinball world, unfortunately. <laughs> tournaments, it's just like any other physical sport out there, you know, like golf, bowling, you name it. So for any given pinball tournament or world championship, you need to physically be there and you are competing against your competition. Ultimately, the high score and when you're competing and advancing will ultimately lead to a championship. And it's kind of cool that you're actually going against someone right there. Yep, exactly. You know, each pinball machine, depending on the era, typically three balls, and you can put in multiple players, and you take turns. So if it's in a group of four or head-to-head, you know, just two players, it's some really good strategy. I kind of use the analogy of it's golf and chess, where golf you're trying to execute on your shots, but there's a chess component with uh, the rules where your strategy changes based on what your opponent's doing. Right, right. So if your opponent is blowing up the game, your strategy is going to change. You might need to do something more risk-worthy to kind of catapult your score. Or if your opponent is had a bad first couple of balls, you might do something that's really risk-adverse and safe to try to pad your your score and your lead. Yeah, I really recommend all of our listeners look up that pinball with the pros uh, that you are on because that is that explains it all. Oh, you know who else we had on? You know this guy, John Sellers. He used to be sort of like a correspondent uh, way back. He's the one that did Tilt, Battle Save Pinball. And, oh, yeah. And, mm-hmm. and he also did Arcade Fever. And when he was on, I remember he, he made a, an app for the iPhone. This was all the rage, this, this iPhone thing. I don't know if they're still around Apple, I think they were called. But he made an app where you go to Disneyland, and I don't know if I have to pay royalties on saying Disneyland, but you go to the big game, and then you walk around and you'd find treasures or something. I don't know. I would, I would like to talk to that fellow again. Not that I'm not yeah, enjoying this sounds one. Sounds cool. <laughs> Now, I didn't notice, was your Star Trek on free play? Yeah, yeah. Uh, you can change the settings. It's in my, it's in my personal collection. Uh, um, you know, I get it for free, but now that I've got a kid, you know, maybe he can uh, earn his allowance money right. and he earns quarters to play. There you go. So we'll see. Or a slug on a string. Yeah. I was, <laughs> I was thinking about slugs today because I have the vaccine. But I was thinking about that they're probably made out of like an aluminum type of thing. And if you don't know what slugs are, that's because I'm 100. Aluminum has a very high melting point. I know it's a less valuable metal, but geez, you got to get the furnace really hot. Anyway, uh, I, <laughs> I really like when you just have the key in the door and then you, you, you swing the door open and you, you press on that little latchy wire thing to make you give you the oh, yeah. yeah I like little that. extra credits and stuff yeah that's 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 how i that's how i would like to do pinball i only have one real pinball machine i have uh i think it was 76 it's a got it's got leap football it's the only one i could afford but i like the football oh. because you know that was one where you kick it you kick it you don't have a plunger and then you, of course, have the four flippers. But actually, you know, there's a couple games. That's that a was, fun game. Yeah, Sinbad works with four flippers. That game works with four flippers. And I didn't want the baseball yeah. because the football, you had the cheerleaders. And that's the artwork that you love on there. Plus, it reminds me of a little bit of a George Gomez with his, with his hang time. Wait, what is it called? It? Fast break? Uh, fast, fast break. Yep. Yeah, fast break. But it's not as punk as fast break was it you know you still have your normal pinball score but then you also have your your scores for your touchdowns and your touchbacks and your walking talls and your burt reynolds and things like that so i like that in there now your pop mentioned that when he would be falling asleep pop pop sharps evil knievel machine would be flashing in the background as he went to bed now i can only imagine for you it must have been like trying to fall asleep in the middle of a firework show or something. Yeah, I mean, my brother and I have been surrounded by pinball our entire lives, and 
you know, those blinking lights and bells and chimes definitely kept us captivated. So what made you want to get into into, into Sharp? <laughs> oh, my gosh. We're going to push through. <laughs> We're going to push through. How did you get into Stern? And I, I, I don't mean to be obtuse or something. I, I could think of ways and reasons, but what really made you want to do that? You know, ultimately, I was approached. It never really dawned on me that I could work for a pinball company in whatever capacity. I worked outside of the industry, but in marketing and advertising. And, you know, I've always had close relationships with Gary and everyone else at the Stern factory. Sure. And I was always trying to envision ways of having Stern as a client. I never actually envisioned myself being in the company itself. And the chief revenue officer, John Buscalia, who's also my uh, boss, he approached me. And at the time, you know, you know, I was very happy with where I was at at my advertising career. And I kind of laughed it off, just saying, like, you know, not interested, but, you know, what can I do to get Stern to be, a, you know, a client of ours? Mm. And he planted the seed because after that conversation, I was kind of joking with Josh. I'm like, I don't know if he was serious or not. And I kind of not blew him off, but I was kind of, I didn't take it serious that it planted the seed. I'm like, you know what? If he ever approaches me or asks me again, if I'm interested at working, you know, for Stern or in pinball, I will be way more receptive. So, you know, fast forward four years from that initial conversation. And I was just like, yes, I'm interested. And then I've been at Stern now for three years. Wow. And what exactly is your role there? Like I said, I, I, I didn't research anything. I like that. I like to discover. Yeah, no. Um, my official title is Director of Marketing. Okay, okay. But I, I wear many different hats. Um, um, by and large, I kind of help oversee all of our social media, any kind of streaming activity and working with partners and uh, consultants. At the crux, though, it's really getting not only our website up to date, but producing all of the sales material. So your marketing videos, the press release, pictures, feature matrix, everything that you could want and need to help sell our products because we sell through our dealer and distributor network. So we need to arm them with those materials so they can help sell to their customers. So we help education and communication is really at the the crux of my position are there board meetings every now and then where everybody gets together and tosses out ideas or it depends i mean you know we're a really large company so depending on who's meeting when and where we typically have you know daily sales meetings we have weekly sales and marketing meetings there's program management and quality meetings weekly you know on the product development side, you know, there's game team meetings as games are being developed. And that's where I kind of wear many different hats. Mm-hmm. You know, with my background and knowledge in pinball, I meet and talk with the game designers and programmers and artists and, you know, provide input and they bounce ideas off of me. It's like, do you think this rule would work? If there's a white wood and I'm flipping it, I provide some feedback like, you know, this shot's a little, a little tight or it feels a little awkward and kind of help behind the scenes that development. Gotcha, gotcha. As soon as my producer said, my producer, it's so funny to say that. As soon as he mentioned your name, I, I, I like I didn't even have to think of anything. There was 12 things that automatically appeared on a spreadsheet right in my brain without me doing, doing anything. But one thing, I don't know why I thought about this, but when I was watching you play on that program, I was really thinking about something I was I was kicking around the other day. I was like, you know, someone should really put a record player inside of the pinball machine to play the music. And as I was watching you, I was like, he's really not giving it too many bumps, you know. And then and then I saw you, you got the tilt warning a few times. And I was like, that is why you need to have the record player playing the music. Because you <laughs> not only get like a light cue, but you get like a... You know, you get the you get the record skipping. And, you know, that's that's a fantastic idea, and I should have saved that to actually sell that to somebody. But uh, yeah. hey, you never know. <laughs> I was thinking about ball shenanigans. You know what would have been per- per- all the Elvis tables that were made? 
That would have been, that would have been perfect for for George to put a record player in there. He had the jukebox. What if there was an yeah, actual? There was a jukebox, jukebox. in the Elvis. Jukebox dropping real vinyl in there. That would have been nice. Um, but I was, today I was thinking about a real thing, and that was because we have such. Well, we had we had abilities like this Jesus back in 1976. You had uh, Chicago Coin with their uh, Super Flipper. I don't know if you know what that one was, but that was <laughs> that was like what, what the thing I built the V pin Mame monstrosity. Uh, I only had a circular saw, and I built this three screen thing that can somewhere between playing it on a on a video game and of course nothing like the physical one but it's somewhere in the middle there because you got the tactile and you have the um, tilt and you have the english that you can put on it but even back then on that chicago coin it was a raster graphics monitor sideways in a almost it looked like a full-size table i don't know how they could have had a monitor that big back then but it was you know a single single uh one color they had some mm-hmm. like stencil on it of ufos and the flippers on that well it's it sort of like a pong game but the flippers were uh, analog so you you know you gave it a little bit of a push and the, the flipper would move a certain way and they used uh, nixie tubes nixie tubes as your score so I also thought that was fascinating. So you had the backboard with the score. It was very rudimentary. You had, I don't even know if it was six numbers, maybe eight numbers. And then you mm-hmm. had your number of balls. And you had some, I think there was some other number on the left side. I can't really, just trying to envision it. But but what I was thinking, I don't know why I brought that up. But what I was thinking is that you could really measure velocity of hitting the ball into maybe like a little tunnel or something. And then from my end of it, which is working with the video game people, I don't do anything except I eat my yell for voiceover or something. But you have these randomly generated levels. So wouldn't it be kind of neat if you, you hit a ball into a little uh, tunnel of some sort and then it came out somewhere else randomly at the same velocity that it was going into that tunnel? It just came out at, through a different tunnel somewhere else. It vanished and then it reappears somewhere. And I thought that would be kind of cool. I'm sure you never get uh, people tell, uh, giving you ideas for a pit month. <laughs> oh, you know, I mean, ideas—it's it, always great. I, I always say we can't acknowledge theme requests or ideas oh, just right, because right. you never know if it's if it's something that like has already been in development. But ultimately, when it comes to you know like the true game design, it's like I have to defer to our artists. Uh-huh. Because, you know, they're the ones that are seeing what's physically possible and capable. You know, I'm just the marketing guy. But gotcha. I can provide some input based on, you know, playing and seeing how it feels. <laughs> well, my football has the spoon pushes, and that's one of my favorite gimmicks is the, is the, is the spoons. So it's not really a new technology. sort of like Nintendo. Nintendo, everyone thought yeah. when the DS came out, oh, that's so new. But they, they had dual screens on uh, their, their game and watch way back in the day they had their d-pad yeah. came out way back so nothing's really new but uh, definitely uh, used in different yeah. different ways and and it seems new uh, yeah most definitely i don't know a lot of the new stern tables and that's because when i go to the conventions physically i don't think i could stand in in the lines to play these but i do get to look at them and you know they're i'm always very very impressed but uh I saw that you had a lot of tables in your room there. Now, is that just a strictly a pinball room, or do you have machines somewhere else in the house? If you're talking about the pinball with the pros video in the background, mm-hmm. yeah. that was when I used to live in a, a condo. My wife and I have since moved um, okay. a couple of years ago, so we're in a house, and my game collection is in the basement. Ooh. <laughs> Perfect little game room in the basement. Well, that's good. That's good. At least it's not out in the barn. No barn here in Chicago. <laughs> That's I got you. So are you? Uh, well, who cares? What's the turnover in your pinball room? Uh, I mean, not really any turnover. I mean, I, I I typically will buy one game a year, and I probably have room legitimately for two more. So after that, I will probably have to start replacing versus addition. Sure. So what do you got? I've got um, a 19, I think it's 76, but uh, a Gottlieb jumping jack. 
Oh, wow. Okay. It's a two-player version of Jack in the Box, which uh, my dad owns. So we, my, my brother and I kind of grew up playing that game and was able to find one. I've got a Taxi, which oh. is a late 80s uh, Williams game. Yeah, I love that. That was, des- Great voice. It was designed by uh, Steve Ritchie's brother, Mark Ritchie. Okay. A Stern Walking Dead. Okay, okay. Which is an incredible game. Stern Iron Maiden. Oh, okay. Yep, saw that uh, one demoed. Uh, I never, I didn't see The Walking Dead, but I'm very interested in, in seeing that. I have to watch a video or something. Uh, it's so good. It's a classic. Uh, 80s Valley Frontier, which is a, a really great, uh, tough, brutal game. I've got a couple of my dad's games that he designed. So I've got a, a game plan um, as a manufacturer, Cyclops. Is the uh, name of the pinball machine? Yeah, yeah, that's the and, one I was th- trying to think of with the three parter. Um, well, it's a single level play field. But I mean, I mean, uh, uh, did you say cyclone or cyclops? Oh no, cyclops. Oh, okay, okay. You're thinking, I know what you're thinking of you're thinking of like comet, cyclone, and hurricane. That's that's exactly what I'm thinking. Which of. is that like little uh, amusement trilogy by uh, Barry Owsler. Right, right. So um, cyclops. But no, I, don't know. I don't even remember that. Cy- one. Yeah, oh, I've got a encyclopedia knowledge of a lot of, uh, I don't want to say useless knowledge, but a lot of uh, pinball knowledge up in here. But um, Sharpshooter, which is a iconic uh, game that my dad designed, and he's on the back glass. And um, <laughs> the most recent game I have is a Stern Jurassic Park. Okay, okay. That has a mechanical toy in the middle? Yeah, in the back, there's a, a mechanical ball-eating T-Rex. Right, right, right. Really cool. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's great. That's a sweet collection. I like certain games, but if I had to be stranded on a desert island that for some reason had an electrical plug, the game that I would want to be there is not my favorite game. Interesting. Yeah. So I, the one that I like, and because I am, I have this this fever and 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 had the shingle shot. Try to push through this, so. But you're going to probably have to help me with, with with the name because there's so many damn card games uh, ones. This is the one that was King and Queens. I don't know. I don't think it was called that. It was electromechanical, but it had mm-hmm. like a row of six maybe pop. Uh, holes. What are, I don't even know what those pop holes are called. So it would kick it over if you got it in the very right-hand side of the, that pop hole. It would pop the ball to the next hole over, to the next hole, and the next hole. And you wanted to get it in that furthest area. And you were trying to collect four of a kind uh, of aces and kings and queens and uh, jacks, I think. And I just can't remember the name of that. Anyway, that's I'm the one I would remember. Want. Yeah, no, there's a lot of good classic <laughs> card games for sure. And that's the one I would want, not because it's my favorite game, not my favorite game at all. But I think that if I had to be on a desert island, that might be the game that I think I might still be able to play after a few years. Maybe one of my favorite might be Monster Bash. Monster Bash. Uh, because oh, it's, a classic it's just, one. just so fun, you know, it's just so much fun. Get the whole band playing. But that wouldn't be a desert island game. So to put you on the spot without any pre thought of about this, but is there some, is there one table? I only had one. It's not your favorite, may, maybe not. But is there like one table you, know that you think would be challenging? If or? I had to, just to go off of what you're saying, I won't pick my current favorite game, which is Jurassic Park. Okay. I would choose Stern's newest game that we just released uh, last month. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Oh. And the reason why I would pick it is, one, it's the newest game, so it is the most, <laughs> it's the freshest, so that's something that I would want to constantly play. And the code in this game is incredible because it's incorporated co-op, so cooperative mode where you can play four players, but all driving towards the ultimate wizard mode. Okay. You could also play against each other. So say that it's me versus my wife and kid or a friend. It could be player one versus players two through four combined. Is it four tables linked or is it just a single table? No, no. It, it, it is, it's one pinball machine, but the way the code works in it, you can combine scores okay. and objectives. So if you put in four players and you did a cooperative four-player game, 
if you're player one and you got through three of the modes, when player two steps up, those three modes have already been completed. Wow, so you kind of great. pick up from where they left off. So you're kind of like all battling together to get as far in the game as possible. So That's there's awesome. a lot of really cool, fun stuff you can do with that game as a, you know, a desert island pin. And it looks beautiful, too. <laughs> and it would hold up to the ocean breeze. That's the main There you go, thing. turtles, right? I mean, they, they like water. <laughs> that's, that's great. And they could live for 100 years. So they, yeah, they, exactly. they, the, the table would outlive you. Any of the tournaments, like, did you ever play, like, the joust versus a type of pinball to, in a tournament? I have. I mean, that's, that's more gimmicky. So oh, it's sure. like th- Those have been for, like, side fun tournaments. But, yeah, okay. no, I definitely play those in uh, some friendly tournaments and competitions. Okay. And we mentioned Fast Break. Those could be Yeah, those could be, you, those can be linked. I guess I sound stupid, but were those ever part of a competition? Yeah. Like oh, the yeah. final tiebreaker. You go head to head, like on some, like, like on that's incredible. Yeah, no, I mean, there was like a, that. yeah, there was a fun uh, local tournament up in Wisconsin, and they had a strict NBA fast break tournament where it was literally two games set up next to each other, giant, you know, NCAA style bracket, and you were wow. competing head to head, linked up. And um, funny enough, I did end up winning that tournament. Whoa. Okay. I think you cheated. Can you put the Game Genie in one of those? Do they make that for pinball? If they do, I'm still trying to learn about it. <laughs> I did mention that Chicago coin the the Super Flipper. That was, of course, a video pinball. And, you know, I, that, I think Atari's pinball, which was just a stand-up arcade. It wasn't, it wasn't even like a, a real type of thing you could put your, your fingers on both sides of it. didn't have a plunger. I think that came out in 79, and the Chicago Coin Super Flipper came out in 76. But I like tables, uh, probably the ones that aren't very popular. Like, um, I was thinking about Granny and the Gators, but more so that came out in 84. I was I like the Baby Pac-Man a lot. Mm-hmm. I, 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 uh, I never played Gottlieb's Caveman, which came out at the same time in 82. That was a longer table. It wasn't wasn't all stubby, and it actually had the 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 uh, monitor for the video game as part of it in the very top of the play field. And that one was odd uh, compared to the Bally Midways because in the Bally Midways you start on the video game, and in the Caveman you started in the pinball, and you went onto the screen. But the reason I wanted to bring these up is because I don't even know. I've never seen this, and I don't know if you've ever seen it or played it or anything, but in 1995, a company named Enders, I've never heard of them, but they made a game called Flip Six, and it actually had the entire back glass was a fighting game. You did some pinball stuff in a full-size pinball table, and then there were two joysticks for two players, two players could play the fighting game that would happen on the back glass. And I've oh, never seen, yeah, I've never seen anything like that. I've never, I sort of wanted to know if you ever heard of it. I have not. I mean, I'd have to see a picture or a video of it to see if it's something I have seen or not. Some people might call it Flip VI. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, think, I think it was six. I don't think it was four. It's hard to remember now because I'm, you know, I, I got the vaccination. We're going to push through this, though. You're doing great. <laughs> Thank you. What are you working on now? I guess that's kind of dumb, but maybe not. So tell me more about this Turtles, actually. Is this tied in with the new movie reboot? No, it's, we work really closely with Nickelodeon, and it's based on the... 80s uh, animation. Oh, that's really like good. 80s animated turtles. That's refreshing. That's that's really good to yeah. know. I like when things like that occur. I wish that something would eventually get tied in with the original, with the, with the original uh, comic book because that was you know a little bit darker and it sort of had nods to well, it had not. It didn't even have a nod to Daredevil. It was that's how they got their power. Was that Matt Murdock? pushed the old guy out of the way of the, the truck and the turtles fell out of there and fell into the sewers of radioactive things fell onto them something like that it was in black and white and 
uh, that's sort of what my world looks like now. But uh, yeah. when, when it took to Nickelodeon, they of course put the different. Did you know that that cartoon? They weren't allowed to use the nunchucka uh, or the nunchucks in England, so they had to oh, wow. repla- yeah they had to replace it with. Jeez, I don't even know what they replaced it with. Maybe a loaf of bread. I I I, I don't remember. But yeah, he, there were no nunchucks in there. But there were the sigh, the, the staff. or Michelangelo. Yeah, it's it's uh, it is sad. So how does that tie in with the gameplay? Is there some type of special? Sure. Right from the jump, when you hit start, you get to choose your turtle. So whether you're player one, two, three, or four, you'll you can choose between all four turtles. Each turtle comes with a special kind of like attribute. So, you know, if you choose Donatello, it gives you access to a multi-ball one shot versus four shots. Gotcha. Um, If you choose Michelangelo, you get like a a side uh, ball save right from the drum. So each of the turtles have like a cool um, attribute. And when you're playing in the game, you could do some cool team-up modes. So there's like training and as you're, you know, developing powers within the game, you're also battling Bebop and Rocksteady, Shredder, Krang. So, I mean, it has everything. If you're a Turtles fan, I mean, this thing has it all. That's really cool. The voice actors, any from the original? Well, you said you worked with Nickelodeon, so even if you didn't get the original, I'm sure you got a, a good facsimile. Yeah, we worked closely with Nickelodeon for approved voiceovers, so likenesses that are pretty spot on. And funny enough, we have a couple of stern employees who do voice work, and they did the voice work for Shredder and Krang, and Nickelodeon was blown away by how authentic they sounded. Wow. That they had no changes, and they're like, yes, that is Krang, that is Shredder. You can use that in the, in the game. That's so awesome. It was really cool. That's, re- that's really great. Uh, I could do a good claw from Inspector Gadget, but I can only make him oh, yeah. curse. So I, I, don't wanna, <laughs> I won't do that now. Boy, when your pop was on, did he curse? Oh! Yeah. He was like <laughs> he Gavin McGavin. Carl Kolchak, the, the bar, 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 working on the furnace. No, he didn't curse. <laughs> I think we were a clean no, show back there. He, 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 boy, he's... What I don't want to ask you, what was it like? That, that sounds stupid. Boy, I'm a dope today. It's it's as if I got a shingle shot yesterday, and I'm sweating so profusely that it looks like I just got out of the swimming pool. But I'm pushed through. <laughs> pushed through on this. What's the newest Stern game that you mentioned that's now in your collection? Jurassic Park. Okay, okay. So that was the, that's the time period that 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 fell into. Yeah, that that one came out last year. Oh, okay. And now when George Gomez was on, I basically asked, what's the business model? Like, how does Stern survive? Because, you know, in my mind, it it was like, it must be very difficult. I know you got to get the licenses and that's sort of where things have to go towards the licenses to be popular. And, but then he mentioned about making, how many games you make a year or two? And then some special Um, one-offs? Okay. Yeah, so we we kind of have like our cornerstone title. So that's where that's we it. make uh, a pro model, a premium model, and a limited edition. And we typically will come out with three cornerstone titles per calendar year. On top of that, though, we might do a private label uh, pinball machine, which is you know a really small room that we collaborate with brands such as Supreme. We just announced a partnership with Heavy Metal, the magazine uh, comic book series. We also do what's called The Pin, which is kind of for your rec room buyer. It's um, a home model, so there's no coin door. It is plug and play. It's our lowest entry price point for our product. Wow, when did you start Um, that? That's been in the works and has been modified and evolved for, I want to say, at least five years. But in its latest incarnation, that came out last year with our Star Wars pin. Wow. That sounds very interesting. That sounds very, very yeah, interesting. And then um, sometimes we will do like a studio title. So it's kind of like a premium model game. It's not like pro, premium, and limited edition. And we just came out with Elvira last year. Wow. So 
we do, we definitely come up with lots of games. Sometimes we'll bring something out of the vault, you know, just like Disney will bring, you know, Little Mermaid or The Lion King out from their vault, you know, to reintroduce it to a new audience. We do the same. Like we just brought out out of the vault uh, Iron Man. Okay. The Elvira table, is that scary scaries or a new one or she had two two tables? Yeah, it's a third one in the trilogy. Okay. Oh, okay. Okay, great. Who designed that? The same team. Uh, Dennis Norman designed all three. Oh, that's and a, Greg Ferris did the art on all three. Now, do they have toys that you would get at the seashore that jiggle around? <laughs> that's my favorite part. I love that. I love uh, Invaders from Mars. Or, uh, Attack from Mars, that's it. I love those jiggly, jiggly eraser people on there. Yeah, those little Martians. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. That's great stuff. I think I, I was teasing uh, George a little bit about uh, the Simpsons table because I know that they cleared out entire Kmart stock of the different <laughs> Simpson uh, action oh, figures and stuff like that. Maybe the, the Burger King uh, <laughs> had to buy the Happy Meals or something. <laughs> but, um, but you know, he, he, was, uh, he told me, well, I'm not going to have someone build a a Batmobile when they already make a good Batmobile for, for Matchbox or whatever. I'm like, oh, yeah, you got another good point yeah. there. Another score for you. I lose. I wasn't even getting the shot at that time. So For people who aren't familiar with pinball, maybe right now it's not the time to say go out and play, but when things kind of get back to our you know new normal, it is fun to compete and get out there. And, you know, it's such a fun community. So whether you're going to, you know, SternPinball.com just to learn more about all of the new games and products that we're coming out with. Yeah, do that. Or even going, or even going to IFPAPinball.com and finding a local tournament or league. It's just such a fun hobby. Whether, you know, you're a collector, a tournament player, casual player, just get out there and play. Or get one for your house and play. That way you can play it all the, all the time. Even with the newest games, there might be sticker shock, but... If you contact your local dealer, I know a lot of them offer you know, leasing programs or, or rental programs even. So maybe you don't want to own one, but if you want to rent a machine for two or three months, you know it might be some nominal amount where it's like, all right, well, I get a pinball machine for 30 bucks a month or whatever the amount mm-hmm. is, mm-hmm. and you're not tied to paying for the whole thing to own, but you kind of scratch that itch of a full-size arcade pinball machine, play to your heart's content. They should make it a lease that you could uh, trade in for another model. Yeah, and they do offer. Yeah, you know, depending on the dealer, I mean, they definitely offer that. That's awesome. That's really good. That's a great idea. That's how, when the Neo Geo came out, and it had that huge five hundred dollar price tag when when you brought the AES home. That was actually just made to be a rental in Japan. No one thought that people would really want to just buy it outright. Uh, yeah. But that's that's what that's what I did. <laughs> <laughs> I, I sold my NES and my Genesis, and I bought a Neo Geo, and I could only afford one game at the time. And guess what? I was happy to play that 20-minute game over and over and over and over again <laughs> until, like, another two months when I could buy something else. I didn't care. It was – the stereo sound was nuts, and the voice yeah. and everything else was crazy. So do you have uh, a preference for video games at all? Like a system, or you don't have time for it now, or – I don't have time for it now. I mean, I would say the last true system that I played was probably Nintendo 64 and PlayStation um, 2. 2, maybe? I don't even know. You know, I don't even know if I made it up to 2. Wow. It might have just been the original PlayStation. But, um, yeah, when I got to college and just with sports and, you know, pinball especially, nothing beats pinball in my mind. Like, Video games are fun, but nothing beats the physical intangibles that a pinball experience, sure. you know, provides. Yeah, I, but I'm biased because I come <laughs> up with it. But um, yeah, but you know, I love both. Involved, I think they're both fun. Your pop was involved with all kinds of video games too, though, especially like the, yeah. the Aerosmith. Did, did, did oh, you yeah, have Revolution X. Did yeah. you have one of those around at, at the house when you were young? No, we had like home console stuff. Not, none of the arcade games. I know they got invited, like, tickets to see Aerosmith or something. Got some, some sweet yeah, deal out actually, of Yeah, actually, I got to meet uh, the band backstage. Oh, that's when awesome. When I was, like, 12. It was really cool. 
Yeah, let's take a quick dive into that. Let's take a quick dive in growing up in that type of environment, being so much around uh, both video games and pinball. That's quite different than what most people experience. <laughs> most people. Yeah, like, no, I mean, we definitely <laughs> had a fun childhood with birthday parties. But a lot of kids go to Chuck E. Cheese. My brother and I, we would go to... Williams Valley Midway Factory and play games on their in their lunchroom and no it, it was a really cool growing up uh, but my brother and I were in the original Mortal Kombat print ad advertisement Whoa. and that's kind of just been around forever so that's something that will go down in history as just like a really cool uh, piece of I don't know if, I don't know if you want to say it's artwork but uh, definitely a relic absolutely yeah it's definitely part of video game history that's awesome. One thing I did want to ask was, how about poor Atari pinball? Now, a poor Atari pinball. What would be your favorite Atari pinball if you had a if you had to go for an Atari pinball? I honestly don't even know because I haven't had much access to those back in the day. I okay. know. I think Steve Ritchie did Superman for them. There's the iconic, gigantic Hercules pinball yes. machine. I would definitely um, get the Bigfoot version of the Hercules machine. That's yeah, when I got but to play outside of that, I really don't have much uh, time on those titles. I think Middle Earth is another one that I played just a few times. But. They had those weird white bodies, and I know Steve uh, complained about that, making the, the yeah. stupid form factor. I think Atari's going to tie into something in the future before uh, I stop doing the show. But once again, I'm a little bit delirious, and that might just be a fever dream. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what, go to sternpinball.com because I definitely want to go there now and maybe try to, you know, bump up your stats. I appreciate Google it. Google stats, yeah. Get, get, you, get you a raise. <laughs> I would definitely appreciate that. <laughs> Thank you so much for joining me, us. Check out that video on the pinball with the pros. I pimped that out a lot. I don't have anything to do with those fellas, that fella. But it teaches anybody why... It's not just about trying to not shatter. Yeah. That's another thing. I like I like middle posts. Just out of nowhere, I'm going to say middle posts. That's my one of my favorite things in a game. I think that's Thanks it. Thanks for having me on. I wish I knew if I ended the show or not. I hope that you like us. Bye-bye.